Jesus has won. Are you on team Jesus? Everybody's on team Jesus. Give us a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're on the winning side. I, I read the end of the book. You know what? When I got saved, I started reading Genesis 1, verse 1, King James Version. I was a heathen. I knew nothing about the Word of God, but I saw my wife's, uh, she got, she was saved, but uh, at a young age, and she gave her, her life back to the Lord, and then she uh, got baptized in the Holy Spirit. We were attending a Baptist church. Uh, it was a little uncomfortable for her, but they still accepted her. But I saw a change in her, a noticeable change, and I got curious. You know, you've heard of Curious George, you, you older people like me. Steve was curious. And so uh, I'm an analytic, kind of wired that way. <laughs> and uh, so I borrowed my friend's Bible, started reading it in my breaks at uh, General Motors when I worked for GM, and I didn't, I didn't understand one-tenth of what I was reading, thous and these and begats and... We're going to get to some begats in a minute. Actually, we're going to skip over a few in 1 Chronicles 4. If you want to turn to your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, we'll, we'll land there in a minute. But uh, I started reading uh, the King James Version, when I, and my wife says, uh, no, you need to read the, the Gospel of John or, you know, get into the New Testament. I said, I'm not, I'm not like a lot of other people. I like to read the book from cover to cover. You know, I still didn't know what I was talking about, but God used it. And in the Gospel of John, which is my favorite book in the Bible, the Gospel of John, I, it, you know what, it's called the Gospel of Belief, and I believed on the Lord as I read through the Gospel of John. And God has taken me from that heathen to here I am today, preaching God's word. It's amazing, it's an amazing journey. Uh, and I boast in the Lord for it. I boast in the Lord. I mean, uh, Pastor Lucas was up here this morning, and uh, we both got kind of pressed into uh, instant duty as uh, we got a, a text from Pastor Tim this morning that he was ill. So be praying for Pastor Tim. In fact, let's just stop right now and pray for him, all right? Father, thank you. Lord, we intercede. Lord, we ask you to speak a word of healing in heaven. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead would quicken his mortal body and raise him up. Raise him up. That be, he would be good as new. That you would heal him by the power of the Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love my pastor, but he, he definitely uh, put some pressure on us today, Pastor Luke. But uh, Pastor Luke did a great job. I mean, he, he just come up with this great message. And uh, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. I'm not going to copy Pastor Luke's message. I'm going to copy Pastor Tim's message. I had the, the whole outline. Why not, you know? Why not? I'm, I'm lazy. I'll, I'll, add a few, I'll add a few thoughts to it. But uh, we're going to be in uh, the book of First Chronicles, back in the Old Testament. First Chronicles, it starts out, and this person begot this person, begot this person. It's a whole, oh, there's chapters, chapters and chapters of all these names that you can't pronounce, names that, but Jabez, that's an easy, that's an easy one to pronounce, right? Jabez. And do you know that his 
name means pain. Now I've known, I remember a golfer named Payne Stewart. He died in a plane crash some years ago. His name was Payne, but it wasn't spelled P-A-I-N, it was spelled P-A-Y-N-E. Uh, so different meaning. But can you imagine going through your life with the name pain or misery? Hey, misery. How you doing, pain? You know, you caused me pain, you caused your mom pain, you're causing everybody pain. How do you feel about yourself? You know, <laughs> names mean, meant a lot, especially back in those days. Names were very important. But you know what? God can change your name. He can change your name. He changed the name of Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah, Jacob to Israel. Amen? And he can give you a new name when you believe on the Lord, a new name that's written in heaven. Uh, I'm going to just uh, do a little commercial here. And in your bulletin, if you got a bulletin, you should have received this little insert called Seek. Seek. I want to promote the 21 days of prayer and fasting and encourage, exhort, uh, just short of commanding you to take part. <laughs> you can all take part some way. I know that uh, you might not be able to make every prayer service. I get that. Uh, you've got holding down a day job or something like that. But uh, we are offering these great times of prayer. And uh, as we pray together corporately here in the house, we also accompany that with fasting, with fasting. And uh, I won't go into all the technical aspects of what I believe fasting is, but I do, I do believe this, that it gets God's attention. And it gets our attention. What I'll say about fasting is myself, it, my Physical hunger inspires a spiritual hunger, a spiritual hunger. So when my stomach's growling and, uh, and I'm, you know, I need something to eat, maybe my blood sugar's getting low, or, but that's going to remind me that I need to pray. Use fasting as a reminder to get close to God, to seek, to seek him, seek his face, and he will be found by you. We have... Uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, we set those aside for three weeks to seek the Lord here corporately uh, at Cornerstone. Uh, Tuesdays, 8 a.m., that's this coming Tuesday, and the two after that, and then Thursdays at noon, Saturdays at 9 a.m. The meetings will last approximately an hour, maybe a little longer on Saturday, but, uh, you know, if you have to come, come anyway, even if you can only stay 20 minutes or a half hour. Come and take part, and uh, God's going to bless you. He will bless you indeed. He will bless you indeed, just like Jabez asked the Lord for him. So I'm just uh, asking you to set things aside. There's some other things in here in Seek that will uh, be useful for you if you can take part by certain ways to fast, maybe fast from social media or some other things, some distractions that might hold you back from praying to God. Amen? All right. Well, I'm going to kind of blow through this pretty quickly. Uh, Pastor Tim covered a lot of this last week, so we'll be using his outline. Uh, I'm just going to add a few things in there. I might have pulled a few things out. Uh, no offense meant Pastor Tim, if you're watching. Uh, but 
Jabez prayed this prayer. I'm just going to read this uh, verse 9 and 10 out of 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And you know what the best part of this passage is? It's not so much the prayer, although that's, that's great, but I love the, the ending of verse 10. So God granted him what he requested. That's great news. God hears our prayer and he answers us. Amen? He answers us. That's why God calls us to pray, so we pray. And there's certain ways we can pray. The Lord's Prayer is a great prayer. You found that, find that in uh, Matthew and in Luke. A different little version, little differences in those two prayers, but uh, basically the same thing. Paul's prayers, he says in Philippians 1, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. And then we pray scriptural prayers. If we pray the scriptures, that's God's word. He honors his word. And we're in the will of God when we pray his word because he doesn't do things contrary to it. Now, this is the confidence that we have. This is 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Uh, the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. We know. We know. How many times has Paul written that in the epistles? And we know that all things work together for good. And there are other uh, verses too where it, it, you, you need to know. I mean, it's a type of, when you believe something, when I get up in the morning, it's this time of year, it's dark. <laughs> in the summertime, it's daylight at what, 5 a.m.? But I, I need to see where I'm going. So I have faith that if I flip that light switch, as long as DTE is fulfilling their responsibilities, the light's gonna come on and I'll be able to see. I believe it's gonna happen. Well, that might be very elementary and, and small and insignificant, but when you're out of power, uh, you feel it. You feel it. But I have faith, I flip the switch, the light's on, praise God, I can see where I'm going. Start my day. Believe, know. Otherwise, if I didn't think the light was gonna come on, why would I flip the switch? I know I'm wasting a lot of energy there, you know, but. Here, just as a side note, why is it that when we leave the room, we leave the light switch on? It, it doesn't take that much energy to flip that down. <laughs> and all the men said, <laughs> I exhort you to turn the light off when you're done. <laughs> This day of LED lights, it's not as painful. But uh, shut, shut the light off, please. Turn the stove off when you're done. You know, it, it's not hard. It's not hard to do. So Jabez's prayer. 
God granted him what he requested. That is so good. That is so good. There's four requests in the prayer of Jabez. And I want, I was talking to Pastor Tim last Sunday and said, you know what? I really think this is a great prayer for Cornerstone Church, the local church. Let's pray this prayer. I'm gonna pray this prayer corporately for Cornerstone Church. That God would bless us, that God would enlarge us, that God would keep his hand upon us, and God would keep us from evil so we would not cause pain. You don't have to be defeated by your pain. Jabez lived with his name, but he overcame it. And we can overcome. Anything that, uh, you know, we, we, we have reputations, right? These things, uh, some of them, some of, the, some of our reputation is deserved, and some of it is probably not deserved through misunderstandings uh, or whatever. We tend to, or I tend to, communicate inaccurately at times. I know what I intended to say. I know what I intended to communicate, but it seems like they didn't get it. And it's probably not their fault, it's probably my fault. It's probably my fault. But we can overcome. I remember when I was a, a little guy and uh, I, I couldn't see very good. I see better now than I did when I was seven years old, except uh, for reading. That's why I got these on. But I couldn't hit a baseball. And my dad's like, why can't, you know, he's, he's pretty good at other activities, sports and stuff. And so uh, he, he and my mom, I think, talked to some of my teachers at school. And, oh yeah, he, he needs to sit up close to the, to the chalkboard so he can see. So I went to the eye doctor. I'll never forget when those glasses came in. I mean, they were ugly at the time. We're talking like 1961 or something like that. I'm telling you how old I am now. And uh, they only had like two styles, the Buddy Holly style. And uh, they didn't have these cool uh, see-through or clear, clear glass ones. They were ugly. They were ugly. But I'll never forget. I, Put them on, I walked outside, and I was like, wow, wow, there's actual leaves on these trees. I could see the individual leaves, you know? It didn't help my baseball hitting that much, but <laughs> I could sit in the back of the class and cause trouble then, you know? I could sit in the back and see the chalkboard. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I went to Egypt one time as a missionary, short-term missionary, Dr. Sama Sadik, uh, Great guy, great man of God. And I worked in the optical department. And I'll never forget this. It still uh, brings tears of joy to my heart. But uh, I had to take my styling glasses off because they wanted my glasses. We're, we had donated glasses. We had, uh, you remember those ones that are about, look, about this big that grannies wore back, back in the 70s and stuff? It had the curved earpiece and they were like this, you know, huge. And it uh, looked like they had goggles on or something. And, but we had all different shapes, sizes of, <laughs> of eyeglasses, different prescriptions and everything. And uh, so this, they, wa they wanted my glasses. So I, worked, I put contacts in and went without eyeglasses so they wouldn't want my glasses. 
And, uh, but I remember they, want, they didn't want these glasses. It, they could see better with them, but they didn't want them because they weren't stylish enough. And that was kind of like me back when I was seven or eight years old. I got picked on, four eyes, you know, all these names. I get called these names. And these names create these uh, stigmas. They become strongholds. And you gotta overcome those things. Well, there's this little, little guy. He's about 10 years old. I mean, this guy's, he, I felt so bad for him. He couldn't see anything. I mean, you know, he, 20 feet away from, you know, the, you got the E's and the M's and the W's and the threes, you know, depending on what direction. And I mean, the, the top line, the E's about this big from 20 feet away, he couldn't even see that. It was horrible. His eyes were so bad that the little machine that we had to read his eyes didn't even register. I don't know how he got to the place. I mean, he should have had like a, a cane and a dog. But uh, in Egypt, they're very poor. So I'm trying to find these because I'm thinking he's nearsighted. And he's not helping him, not helping him, not helping him. So then it was like, um, like the Lord spoke to me. Try the plus the plus prescriptions. Plus prescriptions are for farsightedness, where you can see far away, but you can't see up close, kind of like how my eyes are today. So I found the most thick, those big granny glasses, and I, I gave them to him, and he put them, put them on, and I can still remember his countenance. It was like, I can see! It's like the blind man that was healed by Jesus. I can see he didn't care what those glasses looked like. He didn't care what he looked like. He could see. And uh, it was so cute. I wish I had some pictures that I could show you of this guy. Nobody was taking those glasses from him. God blessed him and he could see. He overcame a difficulty. And we need to overcome uh, any stigmas that we may have in our, in our life. Are, did, have you caused pain and anguish and misery? His mother, I mean, don't all women have pain when they give birth these days? That was like a curse in Genesis when, uh, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Uh, part of the curse was to bear children in pain. I know our first child, my wife labored pretty hard for, for 24 hours or so. My daughter, when she gave birth to her only child, she, she had uh, back labor and uh, it, was, it, was, it was rough. Uh, so I can't even imagine how much pain Jabez caused his mother in his birth. But he's an overcomer. He's an overcomer. You know, he was dishonorable, his name was dishonorable, but you can be honorable before God. It says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. More honorable. What made him more honorable? Well, number one, he called on God. He called on God. It makes me think that maybe his brothers didn't have time for God or didn't feel like they needed to pray. Maybe they were, you know, the star athletes. Maybe they were the charmers. Maybe I don't know. But we can get in trouble if we think we're, you know, we are something. You start thinking you are something, you need God bad. You need to be humbled, you know. We all need God. And what made Jabez honorable is he called out to God. 
he called out to God. Because he overcame. He overcame. God granted his request. He lived to do good. He didn't want to cause pain. That's a great prayer. Lord, bless me. Keep me from evil so I don't cause pain to myself, to my family, and to other people around. That's a great prayer, and we need to pray that prayer. He received the honor that comes from God. And one way to gain honor in the kingdom of God is through prayer instead of through ambition and achievement. Oh, there's way too much of that out there. I mean, we see it, it's all over. It's in athletics, it's in, it's even mingled in the church. Uh, you know, and we get in trouble when we start comparing ourselves to someone else. I recommend that you get away from that mindset. You see somebody preaching a great message, like I heard this morning in the 9 a.m. service. But I'm not Pastor Lucas. You know, I, I'm Pastor Steve. And I'm not gonna try and compare myself to what, what he did. I was blessed by his word. And, and, and I, I think anybody else that heard it was, was blessed. You can go on the podcast and, and listen to it. I highly recommend it. We didn't have much time to prepare for this. And you know why? And he, made, he made fun of me in the first service. He made fun of me. <laughs> he said that I wanted to do 11 a.m. service so I had more time. Well, that's partially true. It's partially true. But he didn't get up. He didn't see the text message till 7 a.m. You need to get up earlier, brother. <laughs> I was up about 6, and I'm like, I got to... I got a text message, what, what's going on? Usually it's not a good sign, you know? And it, it wasn't for in pa Pastor Tim's case, but uh, so I'm just copying what Pastor Tim had, he was gonna deliver to you today. And I'll just do it the best I can. I, I hope it's a blessing to you. Um, what does the prayer of Jabez teach you for this year, 2024? That we should desire the blessed life too. It's okay to desire the blessed life. It's okay, and we need to ask God to bless us, to bless us indeed. Don't hesitate from asking God to bless you. Uh, and you don't, you, we, we don't wanna be blessed just like I said earlier, to just hold it inside, oh, I'm blessed. We're blessed to be a blessing, amen? Abraham got that word from God that all the nations of the earth would be blessed through him. And that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ, our Savior. But we can ask to be blessed. You know, how many times did Jesus ask people, do you want to be healed? Why did he ask them that? Do you want to be healed? And I think there's a lot of people in our society today that they don't want to be healed. They don't want to. Why? I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I want to be healed. Are you asking God on a daily basis? on a regular basis, believe me, he does not get tired of you petitioning him. Day after day, after day, after day, after day, oh Lord, that you would heal me. You are able, by your stripes, I am healed. That's your word, Lord. I believe your word manifested in my life. That's a great prayer. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. The blessed life is the life God gives, not the life we want, okay? That's, that's a great caveat. 
That's Pastor Tim's thought there, and I totally agree with that. You know, when you're asking to be blessed, you know, there might be some roadblocks and detours and all kinds of things coming your way that are inconvenient at best and painful at worst. But God uses them all. He works in all things together for good. Amen? And so, God, would, you would bless me because you know better than I know. You know, I've heard of people that have won the, the lottery and they've got all these millions of dollars at their disposal. And I, I mean, it, that's tempting. I don't play lottery. <laughs> I have years ago, but I don't, I don't do it. I think it's a waste of money. You got what? One in 472 million. That's, that's bad odds. That's bad odds. Just in case you, you don't know math. But anyway, they, they, they get these, these fortunes given to them and they can't handle it. They can't handle it. it. It ruins people. Some have even committed suicide because they've won the lotto and they've got all this money at their disposal. What else does it bring? Oh, you wouldn't believe all the friends you'll have if you win a bunch of money. Yeah, friends. I quote unquote, okay? You can't handle it. Some people can't handle it. God gives you what he knows you need. And uh, we believe him by faith. The blessed life is the surrendered life. John Baptist said, he must increase, but I must decrease. And unless you decrease, he's not going to increase. It's as simple as that. It's ratios and proportions. Anybody ever do that in, in logic or in, in, uh, uh, in mathematics class? Ratios and proportions. Uh, love, lovely stuff, lovely stuff. But you got to decrease or else he's not going to increase. If you're full of yourself, you, you don't have any of God in you, right? If you, fill up your, if you fill up your glass with orange Kool-Aid, uh, you can't get anything else in it. It's going to run over the side. And so as we empty ourselves, like Jesus did, Philippians chapter 2, as we empty ourselves, we can receive more of God in ourselves, and we need that. We need that. There's a little story in your bulletin there that I'm not going to take time to go through, but it's, a, it's an interesting story, uh, talking about a wise man with, with this young man and his aspirations for life. And so read that when you get a chance. Not while I'm preaching, no. Not while I'm preaching. The blessed life is the exchange life. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As we talked about in our communion service today, he gave himself for me. It's an exchange life. I therefore give myself to God and live the crucified life. We crucify the flesh, we decrease so we can increase in God. You should desire to be enlarged. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you got a bigger home. You got 10 acres and pool and uh, pull barns and all kinds of toys that you store in the barns. No, no. With growth, many times come challenges. You know, uh, 
There's a scripture, I believe it's in Proverbs, where it's talking about how the, the stall in the barn, you know, if there's no oxen, hey, you got no mess to clean up. But if you do have oxen, believe me. Were you here when we had the horses and the buggies uh, and somebody's got to go clean up the exhaust from the, the horses? There's always a mess. If you have children, uh, moms and dads, uh, this is not uh, total, uh, uh, some new revelation. Kids cause messes. When they're real young, it's in their diapers. And then when they get older, oh my gosh, teenagers. And then some of them are still with you when they're 45, 50 years old. <laughs> ah, big problems, lots of money. <laughs> so when we're asking God to enlarge our coasts or our territories, uh, with it can come, come challenges. But guess what? God will help you with those challenges. And he'll make you stronger because of the challenges. Trust me, it will happen. He will stretch you, enlarge you. And that's a, pr a prayer for our church. More people. You know what? The fields out there are ready and ripe for harvest. They're ripe for harvest. But the workers are few because we're so busy doing our own thing, hoarding our blessing, that we don't want to share it with somebody else. Now, sharing the gospel is sometimes a risky, a risky deal. Not everybody wants to hear. You know, to, to those who are perishing, the word of God, the gospel, it stinks. It stinks. But to us who are redeemed or saved, it's a life-giving fragrance. So expect resistance when you go out to enlarge the territory of church. Expect it, but you can overcome it. You know what Jesus tells his disciples? Hey, you preach the word, they don't receive it. Knock the dust off your sandals, go to the next town. Just do what God told us to do. Share your testimony so we might be enlarged. If they reject it, overcome it. It's okay. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting him. So enlargement can cause growth, which you've heard of growing pains. They're real, but God will help us through it. Pastor had this question here. Do you have the spirit of small? Like, I'm, I'm good with what I got. I'm good. I don't want any more because it's going to cause problems. It's going to cost me money. Whatever it might be, whatever the excuse is. Well, that's where you'll stay. And when I say small, I don't aspire to be great by being famous or, oh, man, that guy's cool, you know? No, that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about in God. In other words, you're going to get challenged. Maybe he's calling you to go on a mission trip. Maybe he's calling you to Give your testimony out, inviting people to church. Are we shying back from that because we might get rejected? That's not, that's not the way we should be. We should, we, we're overcomers. We're overcomers, and we can do this. You know, in the book of Acts, it says the Holy Spirit came on whomever, and I don't know how many times in that book, it's followed by, and boldness came upon them. And they went out, Peter, who had rejected the Lord, 
And all the rest of the disciples, you know, they skedaddled. But Peter was recommissioned by Jesus on the seashore. And then in Acts chapter 3, and 2 and 3 and 4, he's preaching these amazing services where thousands of people are getting saved. Same guy, 50 days later, two months later. <laughs> it's the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And God's commanding us to go out and make disciples and share our testimony. What's holding you back? Well, is it fear? Fear of rejection? Fear that's, <laughs> we don't have any excuses, let me tell you. We don't, have, we don't have any reasonable excuses. We can overcome. And that's the prayer of Jabez, overcoming. Maybe you can try a new ministry, join a connect group, uh, do something for the first time. I did something last year for the first time. I was asked to go to Mexico by Dr. Sam Asadik and teach a, a class in their university. I'm like, really? <laughs> and I was pretty nervous about it, to be honest with you. Uh, I, you know, I had faith. I know that this wasn't going to come before me. I prayed about it, and I felt like God wanted me to go and do it. But it was challenging. I never did it before. And you know that I was really blessed. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. I was able to take my wife with me. We met some great people down there. We ministered to people. God used us. And, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But it was a blessing. And I, I'm, I lived to tell about it. So I, I came back. I'm, everything's good. And I, I might go back this year. Uh, and so now, I, I kind of know what to expect, although things can be different too. A lot of times we take things for granted. Oh yeah, I've done this before. I know exactly what to do. And then, whoop, curveball. Missed that one. Where's those glasses? <laughs> God wants to use you. Step out in faith. Step out in faith. Be courageous. Be courageous. You got the Holy Spirit in you. And God is commanding us to do it. You should desire the empowered life, that your hand would be with me. Now, hand signifies God's power, presence, purpose. Jabez prayed that God's hand would be with him. Joshua 4, verse 24, says that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. The hand of the Lord. Don't remove your hand from me, Lord. Lamentations 2, verse 3, he has drawn back his right hand from before the enemy. That's not good. And sometimes God will remove his hand for us, from us. Maybe it's uh, in a disciplinary measure. But you know, trouble and pain can work good things in us. You learn, oh, I'm not gonna do that again. Pain can, you know, I'm gonna, what, where did I go wrong here? Analyze the situation and, and then ask God to help you do it better the next time. Sometimes he removes his hand from us to draw us back to God. And we should never take God's protective hand for granted. Amen? He chooses to, and we can hide under the shadow of his wing, Psalm 91, right? It's a, there's a protective uh, umbrella, so to speak. You know, God 
Satan, Satan went up to heaven and, and said to God, yeah, Job, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a great guy and everything, but that's because you blessed him. Let me have him. And God granted him within boundaries, put limits on what Satan could do, and he tested Job severely. I don't think anybody living today has been tested like Job has been tested, although some that I know have been tested severely and uh, you're becoming better for it, but I know we can grow weary too. I know people that we've been praying for for 10 years and they're still sick, but we don't stop praying. We don't stop praying. We believe God that he can deliver them in his time. You should desire the pure life. Oh, that you would keep me from evil that I might not cause pain. That could be moral evil, wickedness, adversity, affliction. When we sin, we cause pain. Sometimes, many times to ourselves, but many times to others, and especially we grieve the Holy Spirit, which is not a good place to be. The precious Holy Spirit. Sometimes we need to, you know, when we're tempted to do something we shouldn't be doing, one of my little checkpoints, and sometimes I forget, but sometimes, or most of the time I try, wait a minute, would this honor the Holy Spirit, what I'm doing? You need to ask that question. Are we gonna, am I gonna grieve the Spirit when I do this? If, that's, if the answer is yes, then we need not to do it and ask him to give us the power. He says that he will provide the way of escape. The way of escape. Don't get confused about God will never give me anything I can't handle. <clears throat> Wrong. That's not what the scripture says. He gives us lots of things we can't handle. That's why we got to rely on him and ask him to help us. Amen? But he will provide the way of escape. But we need to ask him. Seek the Lord. Jabez recognized the evil in this world, no doubt because he had lived through much pain in his life. Jabez recognized that he needed God to keep him from evil. And he recognized that the hand of God could transform the evil and pain of his life. And so he prayed that marvelous prayer. And that's the prayer I want to pray for Cornerstone and myself in 2024. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. That your hand would be with me. And that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. And God heard and answered our prayers. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that... You hear our prayers. There's, that is such good news. Lord, you heard our prayer when we called out for salvation. Lord, you hear our prayer when we cry out for healing. Lord, you hear our prayer when we're weak and we need faith. Lord, you hear our prayer when we pray in faith and pray in the will of God. So Lord, we just ask you to hear that prayer of Jabez and work it in ourselves and in our church this year. We pray again for healing for our pastors. Lift him up, Lord, lift him up, make him strong. 
Lord, I pray during these 21 days of prayer and fasting that we would get a significant word from you, direction, wisdom, encouragement, whatever you choose to show us, Lord. Help us to see it. Help us to embrace it and help us to share it with others, not to just hoard it in ourselves, but that we might bless others with a testimony. Oh, I think of that little boy that received those ugly glasses and he just couldn't wait to tell people that he could see. Lord, open our spiritual eyes that we might see Jesus today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to offer you a chance to, if you've never believed on the Lord Jesus for your salvation, that today would be the day that your name is changed and written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, that He gives you a new name. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and I, I won't ask you to come forward or anything. I'll just, we're just going to pray where you are. I'll pray right from here. And if you need to be saved, if you need, if you've never called on the name of the Lord, this is your moment. So on three, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking around except me. One, two, get ready to raise your hand and I'll pray for you and with you. Three, anybody, anybody here in the room? Yes, I see, I see the hand. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? side. I'm looking, I'm looking, looking. Okay, let's all pray this prayer together. And especially you that raised your hand, just say, Lord Jesus, be my Savior, be my King, give me your Holy Spirit, help me to defeat evil in my life. I turn my life over to you, full surrender. From this day forward, you are the king of my life. I step off the throne of my heart and I enthrone you on my heart. Devil, you just lost another one. My name is written down in the book. And when I die, I will spend eternity with God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. God is good. We got a moment. Let's uh, close with some worship, all right?